All right, all right, all right. You are now rocking with the best. We are here on another exciting, outstanding episode of Cowboys Crunch Time with KD. And I am your host, as always, KD Drummond. Thank you for tuning in. And you can follow me, follow along, get your second screen together. Follow me on Twitter at KD Drummond NFL and most importantly, at the Cowboys Wire. Of course, representing CowboysWire.com. So this week's conversation topic is how well did the Cowboys do in upgrading their depth issue that they had all of 2015? And obviously we know what the early returns are on some of these situations, but some others we might need to go a little bit more in depth. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, first and foremost, obviously, is quarterback Tony Romo and his injury last year. The team cratered when they didn't have acceptable backup uh, presence, talent, however you want to frame it, behind him when they went with the poo-poo platter du jour of Brandon Whedon, Matt Castle, and Kellen Moore. Now, this year, they obviously are rolling with Dak Prescott. It has been an incredible journey for Dak. Uh, Prescott's play thus far would be impressive for any quarterback, much less a rookie, much less a fourth-round rookie, much less a fourth-round compensatory pick rookie, which is basically like a fifth-rounder. He has no interceptions in three consecutive games. You know how long it took Tony Roman to do that? He didn't do it until weeks five through seven in the 2009 campaign. Remember, he started mid-year 2006 and then played every game up until that point. It took him until his third season to string together three games without an interception. That's how good Dak Prescott is. And it's not because the Cowboys are playing safe. He's going through progressions. He's knowing to, when to escape from the pocket when he needs to. He's doing all of the things that you would ask him to do. And the touchdowns, there's only one of them. They will come because he's been so close. He could have easily had a touchdown in the first game if, uh, if Cole Beasley had caught the pass. Yes, it was high, but that was still a catchable pass. He could have easily had another touchdown in this past game against Chicago when Cole Beasley went down at the one-yard line. So it's basically circumstantial that he doesn't have more than one touchdown. He's doing his job, and each week you can see the progression of how much they're allowing him to do. He finally started working in his, his other outside receivers in week three, and you can see that the downfield game is going to be the next step, and they're starting to creep into part of what they're doing. So by all accounts, Dak Prescott is light years ahead of what the Cowboys have had last year and is basically the performance that you would that the Cowboys would hope to have having veteran backups. This is the kind of performance that the reason that they uh, that they basically not wanted to have a young player backing up Tony Romo is to get these kind of steady performances that you can count on the quarterback to do certain things in the offense that they've been afraid to do. And the reason that they've had the Kyle Orton's and the John Kittner's and the Brandon Whedon's and the Matt Castle's and so on and so on and so on. And all of these bums that they kept bringing in here to back up Tony Romo and spending all of that capital that they could have been spending on a pass rusher. This is the reason. So yeah, it's very interesting to see that Dak Prescott has answered the question about the Cowboys depth at quarterback. You would have to give that a plus. Now, before we dissect the rest of the positions of the Cowboys team as far as how they've addressed the depth compared to 2015. Let's bring in Cowboys insider Mike Fisher because that's my guy right there. And there's one person that I have to discuss the happenings of this week on the injury front with because the Des Bryant situation was just a giant mishandling from day one. And when I say day one, that actually goes back to the game against Chicago because the man has a break in his tibia. That's an issue. 
I don't know about you guys, but a break is kind of an issue that you might not want to play on anymore. So let's bring in my good friend, Mike Fisher, see what his take is on that, as well as some other stuff on the Cowboys injury situation heading into week four against San Francisco. And as I told you, there is no better source to go to whenever the Cowboys have a serious injury situation. The one and only Mike Fisher. Fish, how are you doing today? Well, I'm not doing very well. I just said the word clusterfuck like 40 times. <laughs> because, and, and, I'm, and I'm not just speaking as a Cowboy reporter who's frustrated by the last three days, but I think I'm speaking to Cowboy Nation, too, about 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 information, misinformation, the handling of information, um, how it contributes to wins and losses, how it contributes to health of players. And so for those reasons, I mean, in real life, I'm fine. But in cowboy life, I'm frustrated by the clusterfucks. And I I can definitely understand why, because uh, this latest injury news, I was hit to it by my uh, coworker over at Niners Wire, who basically interrupted with him covering the uh, Jason Garrett (laughs) press conference to say, What's this about Desen? I'll let you finish the story. <laughs> okay, well, you know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Jason Garrett for 25 years. You know that. Right. Yep. I don't think it's any secret. I, I, I just think he's a, a terrific person, and, and, uh, and I've been nice to him, and he's been nice to me. But that sucks. Um, we, we, you know, I mean, I spend, as you know, and, and you know, like, like many beat writers do, I mean, I, I live at the Star. Right, and I and I think you know this too. I moved to Frisco, and I'm like seven minutes away from the complex, and I moved there for this job, so I could be seven minutes away from the Cowboy locker room. Right. And Garrett holds this press conference, and I'm looking him in the eye. It must have been I don't know what time it was by that time, it, uh, Dallas time, ten ten fifty five, and he's still giving us the and giving me the, you know, we're evaluating and. And he's looking me right. And, and you, you son of a gun, you are not evaluating <laughs> because you are not of it. Yeah, and, and you weren't evaluating on Monday, and you weren't evaluating on Tuesday. Not when it comes to Des Bryant. And then whatever, a half hour later, and again, not out of spite or anything, he he's on this conference call with the San Francisco media, and he reveals the hairline fracture for Des Bryant. Now it's conceivable, KD, that he only learned that information thirty minutes span. In fact, I'll, Correct. I'll, I'll probably say that he did. But if, if it was my football team, I would send out an email to the, the local media. Or since there's 50 of us standing in the hallway waiting <laughs> to get in the locker room, I might have gone ahead and just shouted it from one of the gorgeous uh, overhangs inside of the star. So from a repertorial standpoint, that pisses me off. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Cowboy fans care. You don't you don't care where you get your information necessarily, but it pisses me off um, because I'll, I'll give you another chapter in this. And you've heard me on one of five three the fan the last three days talk about kind of joke about hey what if Des had a three thirty appointment and didn't show up? You've heard me say that right? Of course, yes. And you've heard me kind of say it like winky and funny. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know how well you, you know Des. <laughs> right, but you and I know each other. You you and I also know each other. And my audience knows me. My audience knows I wasn't kidding. That's exactly what happened. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I wanted to handle it in a gentlemanly fashion. I don't want to throw Des under the bus. I don't want to throw the organization under the bus. 
But clusterfucky, you're trying to tell me you made an appointment for him on Monday for this incredibly important thing and he didn't show up? And then I believe this is also true, and I won't winky-dinky this one. I think it happened again Tuesday. And I, and I was told by somebody today that Dez went off the reservation. That was the phrase used. I just, mm. Last couple of days, just kind of, they just kind of went and did his thing by himself. Maybe he went and hit golf balls. You know, I, I, maybe he went and played video games. Maybe, maybe he just went to kind of soul search. And that's okay. But I believe that Dez missed two MRI appointments. And then finally this morning had one. And then can I keep up with the cluster effing? Keep going. Okay. So he sustained a hairline fracture on the first series of the game in Chicago. If he plays on it too soon now, like this Sunday, I assume, don't you agree? We can assume there's a risk of further injury that the hairline fracture would get more than just hairlining. Agreed? Yeah, I I think that would be the, the common logical step. Uh, not being a medical expert uh, and and being how strongly I advocate against listening to the Twitter doctors, uh, I would say that I won't step out there completely. But that would be a logical progression is that if something is broken okay. and playing on it, it can get worse. Working on the assumption, and we'll, we'll stand corrected if we're wrong, that a hairline fracture could get extended or, or widened mm-hmm. by playing this Sunday in San Francisco. Wouldn't it stand a reason it might get extended or widened by playing in the fourth quarter of a blowout? Correct. Three quarters after you injured it? Correct. You following me? Yeah, you're, you're so, absolutely so, right. So not only can I argue that there's no way that Des Bryant should play in San Francisco, even though he I take it from, from me, he, he wants to. Not only should he not be playing in San Francisco, he shouldn't have been playing in the fourth quarter of the Chicago game. Cluster F number 10 billion. <laughs> and what we have now is uh, obviously we're talking here to Cowboys insider Mike Fisher, 105.3 The Fan. Also find him on Cowboys HQ on the Scout Network. Uh, very, very great friend of the show. Uh, we exchange information all the time. He tells me what Jerry's daydreaming about in the Jerry Copter. I tell him how much money <laughs> in Jerry's piggy bank. Right. We go back and forth. So yep. here we are, and we're looking at Des Bryant now having a hairline fracture of the right tibia. We have not yet heard anything about the length of his injury. Jason Garrett does his usual. It's either day-to-day or it's week-to-week. It is what it is. So we have no idea, but we do know that Des is not currently on crutches, correct? Um, now, Ian Rappaport, who's a friend of mine, says he's on crutches. But, um, but I'm, you know, Ian's, Ian's not in Frisco. I'm in Frisco. Des is mm-hmm. not on crutches today. He might have crutches. The doctor might have given him crutches. And Des probably threw him in the trunk of his car and said, to hell with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. But Des, Des was walking without crutches and walking normally, I would add. And by the way, let me throw onto this pile, too. I, I've got cowboy people telling me we're prepared for three weeks on Des. Okay. Uh, and, and think about this. If you have a schedule in front of you, you can probably walk yourself through this. But doesn't three more weeks take us to the bye? Yeah, they, uh, three more weeks would be the sixth game and week seven is a bye. So there you go. That. That makes a lot of layman medical sense to me. You you get then you really get healed. Then you mm-hmm. then you really get healed. You because you, you get a get, whole month. You don't you don't need one week. I mean, you, you can maybe do it in one week, but probably not. You can maybe do it in three weeks, iffy. But you can if you can do it in three weeks, you can damn sure do it in five. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Sit out the next three games.
You see what I'm saying? You gotta love fish. That was the one and only Mike Fisher. Follow him on Twitter at Fish Sports. And of course, I am KD Drummond. Follow me at KD Drummond NFL on Twitter as well as at the Cowboys Wire. And don't forget to check out Facebook slash Cowboys Wire and join the fun and festivities that we have on social media. Now, one of the things that Fish mentioned, so I'll circle to that first, was the depth of wide receiver, how many wide receivers you take to a game. The Cowboys inexplicably basically have the exact same wide, rece- wide receiver depth at the, uh, in 2016 as they did in 2015. You have your top guy in Dez, your number two in Terrence Williams, your true number two in slot guy Cole Beasley, and then be- on the outside you have Bryce Butler, and then on the inside behind Beasley you have uh, Lucky Whitehead. Now, last year, Devin Street was in the mix, and the Cowboys really don't have that guy this year, but was Devin Street ever really in the mix anywhere at any time? Really? Sorry, not sorry. That's just not how this whole thing works. So the Cowboys have basically pushed when it comes to their depth at wide receiver, and we are now going to see with Des Bryant out for a couple weeks whether that was the right move and whether the improvement in what Dak Prescott brings to the table at quarterback will in turn trickle down to how the wide receivers perform without Des Bryant. Because we're basically in the exact same situation as we were for much of last year. Last year it happened in week two. This year it's happening following week three. The Cowboys are without their franchise quarterback and without their star receiver. What has changed is the fact that Prescott's better, and they also now have the running game back to where they want to be. Last week the Cowboys got 30 carries and 140 yards out of Ezekiel Elliott. Last week the Cowboys got Three rushing touchdowns from three different players, none of which were Elliott, who already has two for the season. So what you're looking at now is more so the Cowboys' identity from 2014 compared to skipping over 2015 when they kind of shifted gears with uh, Darren McFadden is now a more complete running back stable. I think you would have to say that with Alfred Morris backing up Ezekiel Elliott, it's a night and day difference in the combination compared to what Joseph Randall and Darren McFadden was. Because when Darren McFadden came in, yes, he had a thousand yards on the season. Yes, he was the fourth leading rusher in the NFL. I'm not taking anything away from that, but the Cowboys did have to streamline their playbook because McFadden couldn't run zone schemes. They did very well running the power gap stuff that McFadden obviously does well behind such a elite offensive line, but they did have to trim it down. There's no, two ways that you can say that. They trimmed it down. And now, instead of Rod Smith waiting in the wings, he's at fullback, and they have an exciting fourth-round rookie in Darius Jackson, Darius Jackson on the practice squad, and McFadden's waiting in the wings to come back after week six. So all in all, the Cowboys did a great job of improving the depth at the running back position. So quarterback, they improved. Running back, they really improved. Wide receiver was a push. O-line, we're kind of questionable at the O-line. They've rotated swing tackles each of the last three years. First it was Jerrion Parnell, then it was Jerrion Weems, and now it's Chaz Green. And I'd have to say that Green, who started for Teron Smith at left tackle, he didn't embarrass himself. He had two penalties. One was questionable. The other one was a, 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 a bad play. But he, he didn't embarrass himself out there. He wasn't a world beater. But the, but the Cowboys team didn't suffer based on him being out there. And that's really when you're stepping down from somebody as good as Tehran, to not suffer the position is a win. Everything else is pretty much the same. You're swapping Ron Larry and Lael Collins. I'll say that, for my money, 
Leary is a little bit better right now, so it's an upgrade to have him as a backup if you're talking about the depth. I don't know if that's – he went from the starter, but he was injured last year, so carry the four, take away the three, put the little star on top. So I'd say that it's a up, minor upgrade at that position. The question mark is, is Joe Looney better than Matt Bernardo as the swing interior guy? And I honestly haven't seen enough to really comment on that. So we're going to call the O-line a push. Tight end, I'd say it got a little worse because James Hanna is hurt. And I warned early that when they said bone Bruce, Jay Hanna, do not think this is a minor injury. Um, I'd be shocked if he came back this year. I've been proven wrong before. You're right. A couple of times, maybe three. Hannah's hurt, so Swain is now the tight end, too, which means that instead of Swain being the backup tight end, it's now Gavin Escobar, and then they have a six-round rookie and a UDFA rookie on the practice squad. So I'd say that the depth at the tight end position is a little bit less. But overall, you can clearly see two pushes a little bit worse, one better and one much better. The offense has done – the team has done a great job in building the depth along the offense compared to what it was last year. So we also checked in with Fish when it came down to the injuries that suffered that the team suffered at the defensive end position. We know that Charles Tapper is going to be out for the entire year. So we checked in with Fish on the latest on that. So before we talk about the defensive line, let's get that update. Of course, Des wasn't the only injury news that we got wind of today. Uh, something that frustrated me to no end, and I know I've I've heard the reports that uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, Cowboys uh, former scout Brian Broaddus has said that there's no way that you could have known what was happening with Charles Tapper unless you had an MRI at the uh, scouting combine. But the Cowboys decided to put Tapper on injured reserve uh, today with his back issue, the pars. Uh, defect that he, that they discovered in MRI after he felt like he was paralyzed at one point during training camp. So what's the latest that you heard on Tapper? Yeah, I will cut the Cowboys slack here. Okay. Broadus is right. You have 300 players at the combine, right? 350 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd have to do an MRI on every body part to, to have to think that, that, that anybody should have discovered this. Because remember, it's not just the Cowboys that didn't MRI him. Uh, nobody did, and he was going to get drafted. He didn't get drafted in the third round or the fourth round, right? Yeah, uh, that's reasonable, although, you know, we have seen the leap board, and there were other options other than him, but that might be more hindsight 2020 but, but than was, anything. I mean, he was going to get drafted. If he, oh, yeah, if he no, but he draft was, he, him in the right, third round, yeah. then, the, then the 49ers would have drafted him in the third, fourth round. Right, And correct. we'd be in the same spot. So, so I'm going to, you know, uh, until the NFL is MRIing every guy's earlobe, sometimes – these things are going to happen. It's unfortunate because he is a, I don't know if you know him, but he's a joyous young man. I mean, mm-hmm. he, 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 he really is. He's, he seems like a really high quality, high energy, loving to be on America's team guy. Um, what I was told about that parse defect is one potential solution is you put yourself in a back brace for three months and you just sit there. Mm. And you give it a chance to heal by not moving for three months. And, and, uh, you know, he's on IR now. So if that's, if that's a real prognosis, then he's certainly got time on his hands to do just that. Jesus, don't, man. Don't lift, you know, don't lift weights, right? Don't run. Right. Don't lift weights. Don't go fishing. Don't go nothing. Just wear your back brace and, and let your back not move because the PARS defect might, I say might. Might, heal. right. Man, that is a tough prognosis for such a young man. 
Yeah. Ooh, that's that, that's that. Yeah, that's that's tough news to hear. I mean, can you imagine having to do that and what kind of uh, muscle atrophy that you had it, it, that you would have in the rest of your body that you would have to work back from after you're that's capable true. of moving again? That that's incredible. Um, it's not the only bad news that we that we've gotten recently. Obviously, uh, Lael Collins tore a ligament in his foot in the game in the victory over the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. He was placed on IR. Um, do you? We obviously feel pretty confident in Ron Larry. Thank the heavens that the Cowboys decided not to trade him away uh, when he was requesting that. But do you have any idea? I know we're hearing something about uh, if, if he. I guess if he has surgery, he'd be done for the year anyway. So they're going to wait to see if it heals without it. Yeah, he said yesterday, I'm not going to get the surgery right now because I want to see if if therapy and time uh, can, can heal it better faster. But it's still it's still eight weeks, uh, one way or the other. Right. Uh, all the surgery might be might be longer, but but you know we're talking about eight weeks here. The good news is, um, and we've got a great story with with me talking to Ron Leary on CowboysHQ.com, and he's he's very you know he's a, uh, he's a man of faith, and he's very very sad about his little brother Lyle Collins. At the same time, feels blessed at the opportunity to do something that I think will make this offensive line better. And I know that's outrageous because we all love Lyell. I've been oh, no, it's not outrageous to better. Me. Huh? Yeah, okay. It's not, out, it, 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 it's not outrageous to me. I was over the offseason, I was actually pining for the NFL to change their rules to allow the entire 53-man roster because I thought that the Cowboys uh, eliminating Ron Larry from the game day roster was a detriment. And it, and it kind of came to fruition in the first game when Collins looked horrible. He hasn't looked that bad in the last two and a half games, but it sure enough was, was an issue that I thought that Larry should have been playing uh, based on what we know of Ron Larry from 2013, 2014 as being an acceptable yeah. uh, player on the line. He's, he's a, he's a rock as a person and he's a rock as a player. And you're right. I, I don't understand the four. I never have. I don't understand the 46 man rule. I've assembled a 53-man team. Why do I? Why? Why? Why does it? Why wouldn't it be a 53-man team? Why is it a 50-man, 53-man team on Saturday but not on Sunday? Yeah, it's, I never, it's ridiculous. I never understood it. Yeah. So that's if another I, person I, from my column, yeah, Twitter. This is a whole another. This is a whole another show. But you know, I how many wide receivers do I dress? You know, four, right? Five. Five. So, yeah. So with if I have a six, why, so, so if I have a six wide receiver better than you, why should I be punished? Because he doesn't get right. a uniform. Why don't I get to you, my six receiver versus your six receiver, and I'll, let me go kick your ass? I don't understand it at all. Yeah, and, and the argument against it is something about competitive balance. I'm like, sometimes you go too far in trying to achieve competitive balance. If your guys aren't healthy, either cut them and get somebody healthy or play with a shorthand. That's just what it should be. That, that's how life goes. But, if I'm, no, if like, you're already I, letting me dress, but you're letting me dress 46. So, but if I have 53 on my team and I have two, on, two guys that aren't healthy, fine, I'll just. I'll just dress 51. Right, exactly. There's no, there's no <laughs> imbalance. Plus, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up two guys from the practice squad. It, there you it's go. just nonsense to me. There you go. All right, so those are the major injuries that the team is facing. Obviously, uh, notwithstanding Tony Romo, who I guess is working in on his way back, uh, probably still projected for after the bye week himself. Yeah. Makes sense to me. It, it, makes, it makes calendar sense. And it makes medical sense. All right. What else you got for me as far as the uh, the, the more minor injuries that the Cowboys have been uh, suffering or, or dealing with? Well, Is there anybody else in the Tyron, tub right now? Tyron Smith, yeah, Tyron didn't practice on Wednesday. Right. And it's not a structural thing in his back, as near as we can tell. It's just a 
you know, it's a tweak and a spasmy thing and every, you know, and then, you know, you have the stinger and not that they're all related, but, you know, T-bone connected to the ankle bone and all that. <laughs> and then Doug Free has the quad, um, but he keeps battling through. I I look at Orlando Scandrick last year, last week, and I, I said on 105.3's plan, I said, it's too bad that Scandrick can't have a bye week. He could really use a bye week. Well, the next thing you know, he kind of had one. Because he didn't do okay. anything in practice last week and then sat right. out Sunday against the Bears and then was limited at best on Wednesday. So maybe Scandrick is getting his bye week. And this secondary, which has been shockingly good, right. has a chance has a, has a chance to get even better when Orlando Scandrick is part of it. Yeah. Can you imagine how good they'd be if there was actually a pass rush anywhere in Dallas? That That's scary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's another show. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, my man. Well, once again, we are blessed to have the presence of the one and only Cowboys insider, Mike Fisher. You can listen to him regularly, daily on 105.3 The Fan uh, and check his musings over on Cowboys HQ. He is family to us at Cowboys Wire. Please do not ever forget that. I will always stand with Fish. Fish, thank you so much for your time today, man. We'll talk again real soon. All right. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. But let's talk about the defense. When it's this bad, is there really any difference between the starters and the backups? <laughs> it is what it is. In all honesty, it's hard as hell to gauge where the Cowboys' depth is on the defensive line because nothing is the same. And Rod Marinelli is all about rotating players. As you can see with this big, what my man said, BJ is calling the elephant lineup, all DTs on the defensive line is insanity how much they've just said we can't get a pass rush so it is what it is we're just going to clog all lanes and hope we fall on the running back um what's still the same let's let's look at what's still the same Tyrone Crawford is still here Jack Crawford is still here Demarcus Lawrence is still here sort of Tyrone McLean is still here that means that the team swapped out of this uh eight-man unit, I guess you could call. They swapped out Nick Hayden, Greg Hardy, Jeremy Mincy, Randy Gregory. Yeah, that's it. That, that, that would make eight. They swapped those guys out for Cedric Thornton, Malik Collins, David Irving, and Ryan Davis. Now, talent-wise, Hardy was far and away the best out of that bunch. You can, like, put two entire gaps for names before you get to the next man up, if we're ranking those guys based on talent. After that, I'd say the 2016 version of Collins, Davis, Irving, I'd put all of those guys ahead of what we got out of Randy Gregory. Then would you put Thornton above what we got out of Mincy and Hayden? But that gap between what Hardy did and how he commanded attention that freed up DeMarcus Lawrence down the second half, I think that gap is wide enough to say that this team is worse off in 2016 on the defensive line than they were last year. But we can't know for sure until DeMarcus Lawrence returns, so I'll call it a push since they're waiting on him to come back. If he comes back like gangbusters, the back surgery that he had over the offseason is no big deal. Cool. I'm with it. Give the edge to the 2016 version. But for now, let's call it a push. At linebacker, forget about it. Hitchens is no 2015 McLean. And basically, you're talking about everybody else staying the same. So you swapped out 
2015 version of Rolando McClain, who wasn't great, but he was definitely capable. And you're replacing him with 2016 version of Justin Durant. So that's a regression. That's that's a regression in 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 the uh, linebacker core. The secondary. Mo Claiborne is technically a backup. So you'd have to say that his improvement from last year is night and day, and that automatically will mean an improvement. Anthony Brown did not get picked on. He is a six-round rookie that made his first start, and the Chicago Bears did not try to single him out and pick on him. Now, does that mean everything? No, because we have a reason what happened. Dejiola Toye had uh, – a lockdown performance through the first three games of the preseason. And then when he was out there in prime time, he was picked on relentlessly to the point that the Cowboys didn't even carry them to the 53 man roster. So just because they haven't picked on Brown yet doesn't mean anything, but it is a good start for him. And I would have to say that in the secondary moving Jones to free safety, which means that JJ Wilcox is out of the starting lineup and he can come in occasionally and lay one big hit like he did against Chicago and get that and force that fumble. He's good for one big hit a game, whether it's on the opposition or on his own teammates, highly questionable, but there will be one bang, bang hit whenever JJ Wilcox is active for the NFL. Um, I'd have to say that the secondary is an improvement. So on defense, we have a push up front, a minor regression on at the linebacker core and an improvement in the depth of the secondary. So if you're sitting here and saying the reason that the Cowboys fell flat on their face in 2015 was because they lacked depth up and down the roster, you would have to say, despite the fact that they didn't address the pass rush in the least bit, and that is a one gigantic, enormous black hole of a problem on this defensive unit and on this team for their playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. They have improved the biggest overall roster flaw, and that's getting more talent behind the starters. So can you really be mad? Of course you can. We're Cowboys fans. We can be mad at whatever we want to. And you can be mad right here with me on Cowboys Crunch Time, or you can be mad on Twitter with me at KD Drummond NFL. But as long as we're interacting, you know it's going to be something positive that comes out from it. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to download the vSporto app on your iPhones or Android. Just go to the Play State, to the Play Store, the iPhone Store, the iTunes Store, whatever they call it on Apple, if you guys really still use that mass marketing mumbo-jumbo. Go there, download the app, Cowboy Sports Radio. You will never be disappointed because you can find me there all the time, 24-7. That's it. We're out of here. Appreciate you tuning in. Salute. Go, go. And I made it with that dope flow. This one right here for DC. This one right here for Poe.